0: Too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, made it to episode number 31. Uh, or no, 32? Where are we at? 32. 32. We have made it to episode 32. Uh, you know, the podcast and the girlfriend are fighting, but everything's fine. Nothing's going out of control here. And we guarantee you, no one will say the name Rod Baronis. Maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's a possibility. But uh, uh, we are here uh, gathered for some OTA talks, place a little bit of... Uh, over and under, and uh, you know, take off our clothes and see what happens. We're gonna get crazy And here. Off to my left is the editor in chief of bleedinggreennation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden. What's happening, buddy? I didn't agree to any of that stuff, <laughs> it's in the contract. <laughs> uh, and of course, from 97.5, the fanatic super producer, Mr. James Zilter. What's happening, pal?
1: Well, I've been traveling since 7 o'clock this morning, so got got here
0: just in time to do the pod, so I'm mean, i I'm fresh and ready to go, John. Literally a true pro. Walks off the plane from Texas and is like, yeah, I got this.
2: Yeah, whatever. He just throw it at me. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Also, uh, the handsomest man in the room, the professor himself, Mr. Patrick Wall. P. Wall, what's happening, pal?
2: Well, I didn't just get off a plane, but I am still really excited to be here. <laughs> you did just get out of the shower, and you look phenomenal, though. Uh,
0: Anyway, guys, uh, just uh, some quick news and notes. Obviously, the biggest news that happened today is uh, Colin Kaepernick got paid uh, $61 million guaranteed, one hundred and ten million with the FUFU contract stuff over six years. Obviously, everybody's talking about it, so let's talk about it just a little bit here in the beginning. Guys, Brandon, uh, you know, you hear the comparables. Well, what's Russell Wilson going to get after this year? Uh, A lot of Eagles fans want to know. What would Nick Foles get with this kind of contract situation just happen right now?
3: Yeah, and that really all depends. You know, at this point, what we see out of Nick Foles in 2014. Obviously, that's not a fun answer to hear right now. But you know, if he if he does well, you know, there's it's definitely reason to think he can get a big contract like that. You know, if he doesn't, you know, maybe the Eagles wait. If he falls in between, you know, I was saying this to uh, Patrick before the show, and you know, that's where it gets tricky. Do you pay a guy big money? You know, if he's just mediocre, you know, that's something we want to
0: see uh james uh, you paying uh, nick Foles that money if he has a pretty good uh, year next year 11 million dollars guaranteed a year something like that
1: um i mean here's the thing i think i think you don't really have much of a choice the way the league is right now i mean when jay cutler is getting what 18 mil a year uh you know jay cutler a uh, great arm nice quarterback but i think we can all agree is not necessarily a superstar so I think if Foles has a good year, I don't see how you don't pay
2: him.
0: I still think Christian Ponder, uh, you know, could still be the best quarterback in that class. So hang on, so hang on. <laughs> uh,
2: Patrick Wald, your thoughts real quick. I don't know. I mean, uh, the money is a lot, but as I was telling Brandon uh, before the show, if Nick Foles takes us to the NFC championship game and plays even pretty well, we're going to be, we're going to be pulling money out of our wallets to chip in <laughs> to get him paid. So, you know, if if he performs the way I think a lot of Eagles fans think and hope he will, uh, I think in the end we'll say that it was money well spent even if we do have to overpay a little bit. Yeah, I
0: maybe mean, think about it a little bit. Alex Smith is like at $7.5 million guaranteed. Um, I don't know. I don't think 11 for Foles if he has a good year, something even close to comparable from last year. Pay me my money. That's what I say. We got a franchise quarterback if that happens. So, uh, Brandon, of course, being a lot cooler than all of us, had the access to go check out OTAs this week, uh, Brandon. You've written some great stuff on what you saw, uh, but tell us a little more uh, for the BGN Radio audience here. Uh, things that impressed you, things that didn't impress you, things that might we uh, might be uh, you know worried about. Uh, I think some of
3: the most impressive moments have come. From, uh, you know, rookie wide receiver Jordan Matthews. I mean, he only practiced on Monday because actually, you know, last Thursday he was at the NFL PA rookie thing they had in California. Uh, it's really fun to watch Jordan Matthews practice because not only does he, you know, he go hard during the play, but, you know, uh, he catches the ball contact comes and he's still running like 20 yards down the field after the play You know, he finishes every play hard and then he sprints back to the huddle So he's a fun guy to watch uh, Some other guys that have been pretty good, you know, believe it or not Brad Smith, you know, I really think he has an inside track here to get like the fifth receiver spot or something, you know, he He's he's a veteran. Obviously. He's played in the NFL. He's looked good. Nick Foles, uh, You know, that guy's probably pretty important. He's look, you know, pretty good <laughs> Wait, not, uh,
0: about Brad, about yeah. Brad Smith, real quick. Um, if you know, if he becomes the fifth wide receiver, that's going to crush your Demarius Johnson dreams. Are you? Yeah, are you liking true. that?
3: Well, Damaris looks good too, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's just you know, Damaris, You know, I'm always going to root for that guy, but it's it's probably not happening here. But uh, speaking of wide receivers, before before we leave that, uh, Moma, everyone's favorite uh, six eight wide receiver. There, you know, hey, you know that guy. He looked, everyone was intrigued by him last year but he couldn't do anything in training camp you know he was just he couldn't get off the line you know he was just the easiest guy to cover he actually looks kind of decent this year he's not going to make the team you can mark that down but he, you know he maybe makes the practice squad
0: you know again you know i, well, I mean how, i you know how good can you look in shorts and shoulder pads i guess with any of these guys but i mean it really did seem like not just with you with a lot of people he kind of said oh he, could, he looks like he can actually play football this year. So, I mean, a uh, uh, next step just for him, just to see him in pads, basically, right? See if he can get any separation from any of the corners here.
2: Uh, yeah, so BLG was wondering, who are some guys that you've seen so far, at least, uh, who maybe haven't shown you quite what you thought you'd see or where you're still sort of waiting to see see what, uh, what they got? Well, one player who's been really
3: quiet is Josh Huff. You know, I've almost forgot he's on the team in these practices. You know, I think the Eagles are are kind of going to bring him on slowly. Uh, I I didn't really see him real involved so far in the practices, like I just said. Another player who has, I definitely have seen, but hasn't looked too sharp is everyone's favorite backup quarterback, Mark (laughs) Sanchez. Uh, You know, something to keep in mind there is that he is in a new system. Obviously, he wasn't that great in New York, so it's not like, you know you can just say that he's he's good and it's a new system. But no, uh, but the fact of the matter is that the Eagles had Trent Edwards in OTAs a couple of years ago and reports were, he was looking terrible because they totally redid his mechanics. You know, I, we all know by now at the end of that preseason, he looked pretty good. He actually beat out Mike Kafka and won the third string job. You know, I, I think Sanchez has a chance to improve as the off season goes along and he gets more comfortable in this scheme. Uh, another guy, who you know hasn't really stood out well he he hasn't stood out because i haven't watched him a lot but who did make a mistake the the other day is everyone's favorite kicker uh carrie spear you know murder leg he i didn't see this but i heard a lot of people say it uh he missed a real easy kick i think it was only like 20 yards or so so Mm -hmm. i mean obviously that's just not a good (laughs) sign if you know, it's it's OTAs and you're missing like a twenty yarder and there's really no pressure or anything, so you know that's not looking too good. One more guy, Rob
0: Ronis, Rob Barones, Rob Ronis. Oh.
2: Yeah, it, it's
0: it's I it's, couldn't. It's, I couldn't it's not
2: you happen. summoned him.
3: It's not gonna happen. But one more guy I want to point out who does look good is uh, another wide receiver is Aurelius Ben. He looks pretty healthy and that's a that's a good thing because last year he wasn't even. By the time I saw him in early training camp, he you know he, he couldn't really. Didn't stand out at all. He's actually he looks healthy, so that's a good sign for him.
0: That's a good sign for hey. Mike Mike K too. Go ahead, James. Sorry.
1: Hey Brandon, any of the free agent signings stood out to you? Whether it's Sproles or Jenkins or Carroll or, or any of the special teams guys, has anyone kind of stepped up and made an impact in these first few practices?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Carroll, I haven't noticed so much. I haven't noticed uh, Jenkins except a lot of players have been talking about how Malcolm Jenkins is re- uh, a real good presence. Uh, on the team, Earl Wolf is really, you know, trying to learn stuff from him. You know, apparently they're two of the first guys there at the facility every morning, trying to get extra work in and and learn coverages and everything. Uh, but as, as far from a on the field perspective, I mean, Darren Sproul, is, you, can, you can definitely tell uh, he's still got it. I mean, you look at him in open space, and he's quick, he's fast, uh, he, he he can make people miss so but he's
0: 31 I, but
3: yeah he's 31, well, definitely Brandon it doesn't matter man Darren Sproles <laughs> is still Darren Sproles at least Darren Sproles is enough for now so definitely him
0: I love it I love it Did you catch any of that I saw a couple of videos there that new uh running back drill that they're doing where they have the tackling dummy in the middle and they had to go under like the small little monkey bar right. depending on which way they swerve any uh is that new this year that you know of yeah it is
3: they definitely didn't have that last year I, I actually took a video of that uh on monday yeah they they didn't do that last year but you know i guess it's to simulate kind of you know getting low you know making sure you you hit the hole hard and you get low so you're not like you know opening yourself up to getting tackled
0: james likes to hit the hole hard too man oh, <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, brother. Snap.
0: I'm sorry, wife. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: Brandon, ahead, Brandon, one more quick one. Yeah. Uh, obviously way too early to tell, but we, we kind of talked about some of the potential, p- potential position battles last week outside of, you know, Henry and Murderleg, where it uh, seems like the guy they want to get the job is Henry. Um, has any other position battles stood out to you? Have you felt that anyone's kind of laid cl- an early claim to a spot?
3: Uh, that's a good question, too. Uh, I can't think of too many right now. Uh, maybe the one is at slot receiver, because right now you have Brad Smith running with the ones as the slot receiver, and you have J-Matt as the number two there. He's running with the twos. And if Brad Smith looks really good, I mean, Jordan Matthews is still going to play. But, you know, I think Brad Smith could play a decent amount if he's going to look good, especially as the team's starting uh, slot receiver so maybe you see him, him there and maybe at least right now he's winning that job and he's probably going to keep it unless j matt outperforms him yeah
0: that's uh that's kind of an interesting uh yeah, battle that nobody kind of thought about you're right that's um i would be disappointed <laughs> i mean i would be happy and be like oh that's great brad smith's better than we thought oh oh crap he's brad smith is better than jordan matthews in his first rookie year you know that's kind of like a uh, a weird conundrum there but hey you know competition uh, hopefully brings out the best in both of them and i, I can't tell you how much, how excited i am to see jordan matthews i know that's probably everybody's favorite guy to watch but after all the things that you know keeps running 10 yards past keeps telling his teammates to keep going come and keep finding me i see a rook I-, I heard a lot of things a lot of great things about jordan matthews he's uh, he's the one that's kind of you know right on top of my radars along with everybody else's but uh A couple of uh, interesting discussions that I've had this week with a bunch of uh, people, including our own Mike K. Baby, come back. We miss you. Uh, But um, we're going to play a little game uh, over, under, or as is because I want to know what everybody kind of thinks here about the kind of squad as it's constructed. Um, One of the main things that uh, I went back and forth last weekend was Michael Kendricks. There's a lot of different opinions on how good or how bad uh how you know, where this guy fits in uh this year. James, do you think he's closer towards the playmaker uh that he kind of showed, or is he still kind of wavering back and forth uh for you?
1: Well, I think if we're playing overrated or underrated,
0: I do think people
1: have a tendency to get a little over hyped when it comes to Kendricks. I think he's still learning, I think he still has a ways to go. But I mean, athletically, he's he's crazy athletic. I think he has the ability to be what people want him to be, and ultimately, if the defense is going to be great, he's going to have to take that step forward. Uh, so I certainly hope he does. But I definitely don't think he's a, a Pro Bowl player yet or anything.
2: Yeah, I'm sort of with James on this one, although. Oh, get a room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a house. <laughs> we got no, rings, I- baby. <laughs> I think uh I think with with Kendricks it's interesting because because he had probably his best game of the season on national television uh, in week 17 when everybody was sort of watching and the whole Chris Collinsworth man crush and all of that I think that's sort of how we remember him from the season um and we tend to forget maybe his tendency to overrun plays and and just sort of rely on his his great athletic ability over his football smarts uh, I'm praying he doesn't turn into one of those players that we say every year. Oh, this is the year for him. I feel like Macklin's kind of in that same boat. Um, but you know, I, I'd say I guess slightly overrated. Although I think uh, I think most fans sort of understand that he's a he's a mixed bag.
3: It's so hard because he's erratic. He's he's definitely uh, an up and down player. Uh, I I tend to lean towards the optimistic side because you have to look at this like you know it's going to be his third year but it's only his second year playing inside linebacker in the eagles 3-4 defense and you really look at his season last year i think he was kind of more erratic at the beginning of the year he was missing a lot of tackles i i think those stopped later on the year i think he looked better overall i get i agree with you in the sense that he's not like an all pro kind of linebacker but i think he's a pretty he's definitely above average starter Uh, apparently he's like one of the only three Eagles in history with like so many fumble recovery or so many forced fumbles and so many interceptions in like a season or something like crazy like that. I don't remember the exact stat. So, I mean, he's definitely done some special things here and he, you know, he has a knack for making plays. See, the problem there is that if those, those big plays stop, you know, then his, his value is probably negative because he's, you know, kind of erratic.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to say as is kind of on this one. I think that there, and I know this statement's going to sound funny because we pretty much said that uh, about Casey Matthews, (laughs) but uh, I really do think with the the, kind of different changes that he's gone through since he's been an Eagle, went from Washburn to now a 3-4 defense, I think that factors in a little bit, and obviously he's way more talented than any one of the guys and any one of the backups that we have here. I do think that, you know, you guys use the term athleticism. I think it's more instinctual, and he's actually not relying on his instincts too much, and he's thinking too much. I think he got way more comfortable at the end of the year. Uh, Man, I really hope to see that that kind of translates into something better next year. If it doesn't, then, I you know, I think we know it's, you know, not the playmaker stud that we're hoping to be, but still a good player. Uh, Patrick Wall, you touched on it uh, just last. My next player on this list is Jeremy Macklin. Um, there's a lot of a uh, lot of hope and a lot of uh, hopeful forgive uh, forgetfulness that he might bring uh, this year, but uh, overrated, underrated as is for you.
2: Uh, like I said, I think he's one of those players that we keep saying next year, next year. Well, I think for everything that's happened in his career thus far, I feel like his entire career has been building to this season. This is the year where he's the guy. In theory, he's he's Deshaun is gone. He's got his quarterback who trusts him. It's his time to kind of go out there and say, here's what I can do. I'm healthy. Here's my 1,100-yard season. <laughs> um, but until then, it's just a lot of projecting and saying, well, when he was being thrown screen passes by Nick Foles, he had this kind of yards per catch. But when it was Vic, it was we can throw all that out the window and we can just look at how did he perform in Chip Kelly's offense with Nick Foles at a quarterback. Um, but until then, I think he's about. Uh, I think as is is good for him.
3: Again, hard one. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are too hard on Macklin. I think he's you know he's pretty good. He's everyone holds the never had a thousand yard season against him, which I think is silly because that's kind of just an arbitrary number. Also, again, he had nine sixty four in two thousand ten, and he, he had thirty six yard rushing that year, so that totals to a thousand yards in scrimmage. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be a really good fit in this offense Because uh, you know if, if Riley Cooper, you know can kind of put up the numbers that he did You saw Macklin was a good fit with Foles in 2012, you know before You know the injuries happened and everything I, I think there's pretty good potential here for Macklin and I should note that he has looked pretty good too in OTAs He looks healthy. He looks fine. Uh, there was an injury scare obviously went down after an inadvertent contact last week but he's totally fine now so you know I think he's a little he's probably a little underrated by some but at the same time you know I, I don't know if we're kind of looking at like Deshaun numbers for him so if you're expecting that you know maybe you're, you're overrating him a little bit so he, he might be an as this guy when it yeah uh, equaled all of that out
1: yeah I think he used to be uh, significantly overrated you know as the first round pick coming out traded up for him everyone was really excited about Macklin's potential and, and I just don't I don't know if he's a number one guy you know if, if people are still looking at him as as a chance to be Deshaun Jackson I, I just don't see that I, I you know whatever kind of offense he's in I don't think he's a, a superstar receiver in this league so you know it's kind of hard like Patrick said to get a gauge on how he actually is rated by people these days. Um, So if people are looking at him as a number one, I definitely say overrated, but uh, if not, you know, probably as is, I think he definitely used to be overrated either way. I I think, you know, Patrick's point is dead on. This is a show me season for Macklin. We're going to find out what he really is this year. He's going to be the guy he's going to have a a main, be a main focal point of this offense and he's going to have to show something, but you know, as of now, I'd say slightly overrated. Uh I'm And go- he's made of glass too.
3: <laughs> I am- no see, wait, 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 no, wait, wait, uh, why? Here it why comes. Wait, why is he made of glass? No, Bring I know. Belt. I'm just
1: I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I mean <laughs> just just the you know, just the fact that we're all sitting here, you know, and we read the tweet that, oh, man, there are really the the 15 successive tweets from 15 different beat writers that, you know, Macklin's gone down and he's clutching his knee. You know, it's just that feeling you get about the guy. And, and you know, until he can come back and play this full season coming off this big injury, I'm always going to have that worry in the pit of my stomach.
0: And maybe that's something that has to be, you know, you make a good point. Health is always a good reason. And look, I, I probably have a very homeristic outview on Jeremy Macklin. I've always been a big fan of him. Um, I think he gets a a slightly bit of a bad rap. So I'm actually going to say he's a little underrated uh, in this offense. I think he's very underrated in this offense. If Andy was coming back and it was one of those things, eh, you know, he'd be as is, maybe even slightly bit overrated. But I've said it a lot of times. I know it's annoying to hear the same thing over and over again. Jeremy Macklin was built for a spread offense. And when you put him in a Chip Kelly spread offense, damn uh I, I expect a thousand healthy I, I think you can get a thousand in 13 to 14 games to be honest with you um there's obviously a lot more weapons on the field there is uh you know a, a lot of other factors that could go into that in missouri when he played that's when i became a big fan of him that was that was his style that's how he ran um i, I you know the one-year deal i think speaks a, a lot of uh you know a, a lot to uh, him as a person and a lot to the organization because you know i don't know we'll see hopefully it's gangbusters and everybody feels good uh the next guy that has been uh coming up a lot is uh bradley Fetcher, fletcher their uh blg everybody's kind of got uh, uh opposite opinions on how good or how bad he really is what are your thoughts on uh brandon fletcher this year
3: i think bradley fletcher is
0: i just say brandon God Yeah. Damn it.
3: Well, you know, you know, my name <laughs> and everything. It's, it was a tricky thing. Uh,
0: I think he's. Uh,
3: I think he is what he is. I think he's a number two cornerback. I mean, I, I think he's very solid. I mean, well, he's solid. He's not a star by any means. I think. Him and Carey really, you know, they're really opposites because while Carey is like he has some just terrible games, he also has some pretty good games, too. He's just really up and down, whereas like Fletcher's just kind of more consistently around hovering around average. You know, he's he, he's a perfect number two cornerback. Uh, he's actually an unrestricted free agent after the season. You know, I'm not so sure the Eagles are going to bring him back. I mean, he probably could. You would hope to on a, a small deal. But, you know, he's he's far from a star or anything. I just like I, – I think he's a solid starter and nothing more. So probably as is.
1: I would actually say slightly underrated. I know he had that one – I think it was the Minnesota game where he had one of the all-time bad games for a cornerback. Was he thrown on like 11 times and 10 were completed or, or- – Plus penalties, something along those lines. But um, I actually feel like every time I looked up, Fletcher was was making a nice play. I think that he's slightly underrated. He's obviously not a superstar cornerback, or you know, even you know one of the better cornerbacks in the league. But I think he's solid. I think you can count him count on him as a number two cornerback. I think he plays nice man coverage. He sticks guys. You know, I, I kind of like Fletcher a little bit. I, by no means a star, but definitely serviceable, and I think better than you would expect.
2: I think Brandon sort of hit it on the head with his comparison of Kerry Williams and, and uh, our boy Bart B. Fletcher. I think in, in all things being equal, I think I would actually prefer Fletcher over Kerry Williams just because of the consistency. Um, I sort of cringed every time uh, Fletcher got thrown deep, <laughs> got thrown on deep, because I felt like it was going to be a pass interference. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of the times it was. But overall, I think when you're building a contending team, Uh, You need a cornerback who can play like that. As much fun as Asante Samuel is, uh, you know, you you really benefit from having that sort of solid presence back there in the secondary. And uh, I think when you have a cornerback who you can just sort of rely on to be good but not great, uh you could definitely do a lot worse. So I'm going to say as is.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I don't really have anything more to add. I think he's he is what he is. Um, you know, Nolan Carroll, is anybody think I, we talked about that last episode, didn't we? Nolan Carroll kind of competing with him. Anybody think that he could still take over uh Fletcher's spot?
3: Yeah, absolutely, especially if he has a good preseason uh training camp and everything. I think so because he, you know, he started for the Dolphins. He proved to be an effective starter. They didn't want to bring him back, but I think uh, he definitely has starting potential. But again, he's probably around the same level as Fletcher. Is a number two guy, just solid starter, just a guy. But if you know Fletcher's struggling and and he looks good, yeah. But if you know Fletcher looks fine, you know, he's probably not going to lose the job.
0: And uh, you know, I'll leave this open for anybody here. Just on the defense alone, because it just I don't know, man. it's better, but is it? I don't know, is it good enough to go deep into the playoff run? Does it matter?
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I think that clearly we all agree the secondary is, is a, an issue. So, you know, if you're looking at where the Achilles heel, of the defense probably will be, it, w- it probably would be that, that secondary, whether it's the cornerbacks or the safeties. So, no, I, I don't necessarily think that you know, it's going to be a cornerstone piece of a championship team. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, we've seen teams win Super Bowls with, with bad secondaries. It can happen if, if you're stout in other areas. So, you know, on the face of it, no, but is it possible? Sure.
0: Is it scheme? man? I like is there? I don't know. I, I just I keep coming back to it because they surprised us last year after they kind of got their groove in and, the, and did all that stuff. I just don't see how you, if you have a bad secondary, improve the pass rush. Yeah, Marcus Smith helps there. But Patrick, do you see anything else that is going to help that defensive side of the team other than people getting better? I mean, is that all we have to kind of hang our hat on? And, you know, Malcolm Jenkins.
2: Well, yeah, that's, and that's, I think the problem is that you brought in one new starter on defense, essentially. You got Malcolm Jenkins, and you might have a new starter at safety. But other than that, your first round pick's probably not going to make make too much of an impact this year which is fine considering where you were picking and who was available i have no problem with that but uh it's it's tough because all offseason we were saying gotta improve the defense gotta improve the defense and you improve the defense but sort of in a roundabout long-term way so it's hard to be super jazzed about these this new and improved defense because it's not really there that said yeah i think unfortunately i think we do sort of have to just kind of hang our hat on the improvement from year one to year two. But I don't think that's something to be overlooked at the same time. I think that there's going to be a legitimate uh, uptick in the play of the defense. So um, I think you're going to see, like I said, I think you're going to see more of of the defense that uh, sort of started showing us stuff after the Broncos game um, and less of that uh, sieve that we had against the Chargers.
0: James, uh, final over under for me. A uh, lot of people have been talking about it. It's been in a, a bunch of different articles. Philadelphia Eagles regression, overrated, underrated, as is. <laughs>
1: I like that one, John. That's good. Uh, I, I think we talked about it last time. I, I think it's definitely overrated. Uh, I don't. We don't. We all agree that this team is gonna. Be the uh, cream of the crop as far as the division goes. You see a lot of people saying, oh, well, the same team hasn't won the division in back to back years in a decade or whatever it is, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, how are the Eagles going to do it? And, and look, oh, the Redskins are going to be better. They have Deshaun and this and that. Yeah, I think that's all BS. I, I think the Eagles are clearly the best team in this division, even without Deshaun. I think the regression, if there is any, is going to be minimal. Uh, I think they're, uh, you know, like we said, we talked about it at the end of the last podcast. I just think Chip Kelly from year one to year two the program being instituted another year people getting used to the way it works is all going to lead to positive things so i i think the regression is being way overrated especially what you're seeing a lot of people saying they're going to fall back to eight and eight and seven and nine i just can't see that at all maybe they go ten and six again and make the playoffs again but i just don't see the the major regression coming at all
3: yeah, I don't. I don't see it either because you're looking at the fact that they have these this advantage of having the full off season of knowing what everyone's doing. Uh, Chip Kelly even said this in his pre OTA press conference last week. You know, they're they're light years ahead of where they were last year, and I think there's some truth to that because you know, think about it. They're coming in last year, new coach, not just one new coach, a whole new coach for you know like every position pretty much. New players. They brought in a lot of players free agency and then the draft. You know they have all these guys getting together for the first time. I think you know you know that takes some effort, and I think you know that's probably part of why they got off to the the slow start. I think this year you know you have that advantage of everyone being in the 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 system. And I wrote about this earlier this offseason before free agency or anything. You know I said continuity is going to be a big part of this upcoming year. And I think that's how you battle regression is that you're, you're going through the things you went last year with the advantage of knowing what you already have to go through in terms of practicing in terms of, you know, I need to get better at this. I mean, yet you, you still, you didn't bring anyone new in on the defense, but you still have guys like Fletcher Cox, who's only 23 and still developing and uh, Benny Logan who looked pretty good when, when he took over so, uh, for Sopawaga and you have guys like this who aren't new, but they're younger players who are already on the team who have to step up, and, you know, I think that it's up to them. I think, you know, it's up to this, this core group of players to step up and to prove that they're not going to regress this year.
2: I'm struggling with this one a little bit. i got to be honest. I don't think that they're going to regress. So in that instance, I guess it's uh, a little overblown. But I also wouldn't be totally shocked if they regressed a little bit. Uh, I think 10 and 6 wouldn't surprise me. Eight and eight wouldn't really surprise me that much, and twelve and four wouldn't surprise me that much. <laughs> I this is hard hitting analysis, you guys. You can't get this anywhere else. But no, I mean I think I think there's still sort of a lot to be shown from this team. Um and a lot of it I think is just the typical year two stuff. Can they do it again? Um, they've added some pieces. There's no there's nobody in the draft other than maybe j Matt that you're that you're super excited to see have a big impact. But what's his impact gonna be? Six hundred yards and five touchdowns? Like that's cool, but um, I don't think that's going to get them to 12 and four, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to be much the same as they were last year. Um, I think it's going to depend on the way that they play down the stretch, how the division improves. Um, I think I'm a little bit more worried about the Redskins than most people. Um, maybe it's just from living in DC and hating that team so much. I don't ever <laughs> want to see him good, but, uh, Yeah, I I would say it's maybe a little bit overrated, closer to as-is maybe. Is that uh, that (laughs) too out of the question?
0: No, no, and I kind of feel the same way. I guess that's why I asked the defensive side of the ball. I'm sitting here, you know, Taylor Hart, I mean, that's a new potential starter, a rotational player that's on there too. So that helps. He's been in the system before. He knows what he's doing. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, I'm right in between that line too. I understand the regression part. The reasoning though um, is you know, a little, I, I don't know, because they won so many close games, they won't the next year because statistically that won't happen. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'm right with you, Patrick. I, I, it's it's somewhere in between. I act, I don't think they're going to be 8-8, eight eight, though. Uh, I think they're uh, a I don't minim- either.
2: I'm just, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Minimum, uh, minimum uh, nine-win uh, nine team. So, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of uh, how things develop as usual. We're all chomping at the bit to see these guys in pads, but, uh, you know we'll uh we'll have to wait and see uh we everybody's got to get running so uh for blg for mr james Elzer, for patrick wall and for myself john barchard we want to thank you so much for listening to bgn radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com you've been listening to bgn radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com green